Today's sponsor is SoFi. SoFi refinances federal and private student loans to save its members $316 a month on average. Learn more at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com slash legal. Today's sponsor is Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash recode and using the promo code recode. Terms and conditions apply. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the moderator of the Reddit page r slash aviators, but in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. And while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair is Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit. Steve was one of the co-founders of Reddit in June of 2005 before leaving to help launch the travel service, Hipmunk. He came back to Reddit last year after the resignation of Reddit's last CEO, Ellen Pau. And you might have seen his name recently if you're paying attention to news about social media and the election. We're going to talk about that and much more. Steve, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank you for having me. So why don't we jump right in into the controversy? Um, you got an enormous amount of attention in the last three weeks, I guess two or three weeks, about something you did on Reddit, which was edit. Why don't you explain the controversy, explain what you did, and then we'll talk about what that means. Sure. So, yeah, there's quite a bit of context here. Yeah. So what it started when we banned the community Pizzagate, mm-hmm. which was a conspiracy theory community. Yes. Um, and why did you do that? Let me, I'm going to interject every now and then. There's a, a couple aspects to it, but mm-hmm. primarily because we're pretty sensitive on the witch hunting mm-hmm. sort of aspect of it. And mm-hmm. so we saw that starting to develop. And we, after repeated warnings to not post personal information, we decided to ban it. Because yeah, Let, let's go. Pizzagate is actually in the news today because someone showed up with a gun at this restaurant in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., which these conspiracy theorists had been alleging incorrectly was a pedophile ring run by Hillary Clinton and John Podesta. That's essentially right. 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 And it's insane. That sort of real world occurrence is why we take mm-hmm. these things. Exactly. So seriously. It, it resulted in violence. He was she actually shot the gun inside this yeah, very nice. I've been there many times. It's very scary. So go ahead. So you okay, banned it. So we banned that community. They were putting up personal information and things like that. Right. On the site. Right. Okay. So we banned it. There were others on the uh, on Reddit that were upset that we banned it. Right. And so there was a thread in particular about us banning it that was pretty hostile towards me personally, mm-hmm. as if you know I was part of the cover-up. Right. And I was in kind of a funny position because it was harassment. Mm-hmm. But over the years, you know, I've grown up on the internet. I have a very thick skin, especially mm-hmm. I know Reddit as well as anybody. Right. And so I felt like, well, I'm a public figure. I can take it. I'm the CEO. I can take it. I have a thick skin. I can take it. And so what I decided to do was actually in the spirit of fun, I replaced all of the instances of my username mm-hmm. with the usernames of the moderators of that community. Okay. Uh, I thought that maybe by meeting them on their kind of troll level that mm-hmm. we could find some common ground. Right. The same way, like, I feel like I would relate that way to like a, a kid or something. Right. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, they did not go like it, this. Well, you know, actually many took it that way. Right. But... Many did not. All right. So what were they doing personally harassing? Like, I get you can take it part because we all uh, get attacked online. Um, A lot of well-known people do, Um, especially if you say something even slightly controversial these days. Um, What were they doing that was personally harassing? Um, You know, so I think we have to draw the line here between Mm -hmm. criticism, which, you know, we're more than happy to take. Sure. And I've taken my fair share of. Like, Steve, you're a douche kind of thing. Sure. Um, But the kind of the repeated repeated attacking, they had crossed the line Mm -hmm. there in this particular case. Uh And it it got to the point where I started thinking, we should do something. You know, if if this was another employee at Reddit or even any individual, Mm -hmm. I would have just banned it myself. Uh And so I felt like we should do something, but... Banning it feels wrong because I'm not actually angry or hurt. I'm just kind of annoyed. I find this distasteful. Right. And so banning was not the um, choice, which probably should have made. I had considered it. Right. But I, I ruled it out because I felt like, well, I'm just going to mess with these bullies. Right. That's what they are. They're bullies. And, and I actually have the capability of messing with them, so I'll mm-hmm. do so. So my actions, I guess, were, were precipitated by my feeling of hypocrisy because mm-hmm. I talk about harassment a lot. Yeah. It is important to us. And I don't right. want that on Reddit or anywhere online right. for that matter but I control Reddit. And so I wanted to do something. 
I didn't mm-hmm. do the right thing. Right. Um, but that was, that what was my mentality. What possessed you? What, why was this the thing you wanted to do? You thought it was funny? I, like, funny is an interesting word. Well, you know. Um, so what were you, the result was like, I'm just going to put the moderate so they can feel the pain of my. Legitimately, I thought, you know, they're saying this. I don't think many of them really believe it or, mm-hmm. or even, for that matter, thinking at all about what they're doing. Right. They're just getting caught up in the moment, typing these things. Right. And so I thought maybe I can turn the tables on them. And. You know, they'd see that, it, you know, it looks ugly when you're on the receiving end of it. Right, got it. And This is the moderators of the forum who yes. are allowing this to happen. Right. Okay. Right. And uh, we're doing nothing to stop it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Probably having a laugh. Right. And so I thought they would see it and basically be like, all right, he got us. Right. Like, I guess I guess in my fantasy, there's going to be this moment of self-reflection. Uh-huh. Um, which, yeah. you know, didn't yeah. come. Yeah. Because trolls are the most self-reflective people on the planet. You know, in, in hindsight, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Uh, you know, because I look back, having been a young internet troll myself mm-hmm. at one point, mm-hmm. I, I look back on my life and think, well, I've grown up a right. lot, mm-hmm. and I've and I've learned that even words said in jest mm-hmm. can have an effect on sure. people, and and so I, I was hoping maybe to teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. And, and and in fact, it, it's it's funny, a lot of the members of that community did say it was funny, right? And were like, you know, I think they've gone too far, whatever. Like, I think this whole thing is overblown. But the the challenge is. It looked kind like of, censorship. You can say right. It was what would you call it? Then, like that, that's what they—that yeah. was what they leveled at you. Yeah, I would call it a prank. Mm-hmm. But the questioning of the trust in Reddit, right? Like, have our comments been edited before? It's mm-hmm. a very fair question to ask, sure. and so seeing that kind of gain legs was that was devastating. Does that happen on Reddit? No, just no. this time. Just this time. Just this well, time. there was one time years ago where I replaced the f word with fog. Um, okay. I don't even remember the context That's somewhat anymore. funebut funny. All right. Some, somebody had brought that to my because t- I yeah. had said, no, I've never done this before. I'm like, well, do you remember that one time? I was like, okay, I guess I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, you know, a lot of this was kind of there's the tension on Reddit between I think the old school yeah. where Reddit was kind of the Wild West, and we used mm-hmm. to mess with our users all the time, mm-hmm. usually in like harmless ways. Mm-hmm. And you know our, our position now where you know I am the CEO and Reddit is a lot larger than. So talk about the reaction. So you got immediate and largely negative, though some Mm -hmm. people might have thought it was funny. Most people didn't. Um, It it seemed a step too far for them. Why do you think that was? Certainly externally. um, Again, I think that's the tension between the the Reddit of old and the Reddit now and calling into question like the veracity of, you know, what you read online. Mm -hmm. You know, is this stuff really there or, you know, are we undermining things for political gain? Mm -hmm. Which, of course, we're not. Mm -hmm. But... That was the question that was raised, and right. that's the one okay. we've had to answer. So explain your answer to people. What did you, you – you've been, I regret this now. I shouldn't have done it. You said that. You've yeah. done this sort of mea culpa situation. I mean, the answer is no, of course. We would not do anything in serious like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I know trust is earned, and we do have to earn some of that back. Right. But internally, you know, we'll make it a lot more difficult for somebody to do this sort of thing. And, of course, I don't think anybody would be foolish enough to do it again now. Right, when the CEO gets well, into such trouble for doing it. Right. I, 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 what I told the company was, look, what I did was relatively small potatoes compared mm-hmm. to what we could do. Mm-hmm. And look look what happened. Right, right. So we're not doing this again. Right. It would be it would be. Suicide. Can I ask you a silly question? What time at night did you do this? I did it. it seems like everyone's insane at 3 a.m. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did it at like I'm probably. I'm thinking of our president-elect. For fair. Mm-hmm. Um, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So you just like, ugh, I'm sick of this shit. I had, you know, the, the worst thing is a CEO with an hour of free time. Yeah. I was like, you know, I haven't written any code in a while. Right. You know, I was kind of, these guys are annoying me. I've got an idea. Was there one thing that annoyed you? Was there one of the posts that annoyed you? Or I think it was just overall the like, there's a tension between me and that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ironic tension mm-hmm. where they use me as the, the scapegoat of their, like, like I'm always out to get them. Mm-hmm. The irony is, they're on my platform. Right. And right. I've, I've defended their right to be on our platform many times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've been the last, the last person between them and actually just being removed. And so I just was like, you know, we have like, there is some common ground here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we're talking about the Donald, right? The, right. The, the community of Donald Trump supporters. And I felt like I get where some of the rage comes from. Mm-hmm. Right? You just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Right. And at, at all costs. And because right. we see this in the nation and we see it play out on Reddit sure. as a reflection of that. And I don't want to take your voice away. I just want you to stop being assholes. Really you interesting. Don't, don't I think to, they're sore winners. That's what I call them. Very, very, very. Yeah. And, and that's where I'm just like, hey, yeah. like, you're heard. Right. You're heard and you'll continue to be heard. But, you know, don't let the actions of a toxic minority undermine 
right. a greater conversation. Because they have to back that toxic minority, I think, in a lot of ways. Well, it, it's, I, I think you're seeing this play out in the country, a toxic mm-hmm. minority of people who are trying to renormalize bigotry and bad behavior are undermining this message that 50% of the country feels disenfranchised right. and left out. Right. And separating those two is not easy. easy. It's like Gamergate, correct? Uh, it's a very, they're it's, very it's, similar. They're, they're, we, we've seen this actually play out, I think, in the United States a lot over the last probably 15 years. Mm-hmm. Because even before Trump, right, we saw even, even this last year, Bernie Sanders had, his message was very similar. At least the part of his message that was resonating was mm-hmm. the left populist, out, left behind. I want, yeah, mm-hmm. I need a voice. And I think that that part's really important. Mm-hmm. These people do need a voice, mm-hmm. but it, it, it shouldn't have. It shouldn't be hijacked by right, which know. it often is. So tell me what you did. So internally, how what was what was the reaction at Reddit? Now, how many um, people do you have now? About one hundred and fifty. And you came back how long ago? About a year and a half. A year and a half ago. So what was the reaction internally? Well, honestly, so like, were the, a lot of people angry at you? The here, here's what was most torturous about mm-hmm. this is I did it Thanksgiving Eve. Oh, perfect. So. You know, I had to live through the holidays without ever actually seeing anybody at Reddit. Mm-hmm. So the community team, they were, they were annoyed at me for sure. Mm-hmm. And they told me. Mm-hmm. That turned into, you know, how can we help? So yeah. I'd say the overall attitude of the company was, Steve, that was real dumb. Mm-hmm. But we get it. Let's move forward. Right. Um, but I, I will say one of the most anxious moments I've had in life really was showing up to work Monday morning wondering... Mm-hmm. You know, how bad is this? Right. You know, I've been talking to the community team all weekend. We're through it. We're getting through it. But how does the rest of the company feel? And what did uh, you have a, a the, meeting of all of them? We did. We did. The mm-hmm. first person I walked through, walked into that morning was like, hey, how are you holding up? Mm-hmm. You know, it's been really rough. That helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we had a you know, company all hands that afternoon. Right. Where I explained basically what I just told you and, you know, apologized profusely because the last thing I wanted to do was cause any damage through Reddit. Mm-hmm. You know, I read it. I love Reddit more than just about anything. And something I told them on my first day back at work, and I say over and over again, is I want you to be proud to work at Reddit. And if I have taken any of that away, that it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And so in general, they were not, because, you know, Alan had a lot of problem internally, and there were a lot of, was your board at all? Board was actually very supportive. Mm-hmm. They were like, don't worry, this will pass. Mm-hmm. Don't do it again. Right. Please. Right, um, and that was largely the attitude internally too. It's like, Steve, you're you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Don't do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll help you through it. Okay. So, how do you think it's the, the situation has turned out now? So, this group is still existing. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. So, there are silver linings here. Uh, it was a great wake up call, I think, for me and a lot of the team that mm-hmm. uh, where we've drawn the line on harassment wasn't the right one, mm-hmm. because even letting them harass me, public figure, CEO, whatever, who can take it. That normalizes that behavior sure. and makes it acceptable. We cannot have that. Mm-hmm. So we've actually banned somewhere around 800 users now mm-hmm. of our most toxic troublemakers. Mm-hmm. That's actually made a noticeable impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was surprised how quickly the tone changed. And you know, now that we have kind of a strategy change, historically we've always tried to work with the moderators of communities. Like, hey, get your people in line or we're right. going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. That wasn't particularly effective now right. in hindsight. So going after the actual troublemakers ourselves. So you identify them. Mm-hmm. And let, we'll talk about the criteria in a minute. Like what is it? What does that entail? Mm-hmm. And they, they are thrown off and then not able to get back on or can they in other voices? There are a range of things we can do. Mm-hmm. So ranging from a warning, which is what we did with users. We identified who were causing trouble more than a month ago, but mm-hmm. not active right now. We just sent them mm-hmm. a warning to a timeout for one to seven days which is probably our most common action, mm-hmm. uh, versus a, a complete ban. Right. I try to avoid complete bans because the user will just come back. Right. And there's In and, some other form. Exactly. And so, you know, better the devil you know, mm-hmm. and also you want an opportunity for education. Because um, many of the users actually respond, once you set the boundaries, they actually right. do respond to it. Time out. But of course, do some require a full ban, <laughs> and some percentage of those do come back. But it's similar to spammers, right? If 10% come back you still remove 90%, mm-hmm. and it does make a difference. And then, of course, just investing in technology to prevent people from coming back, prevent people from harassing our community team or moderators or whatever, wherever they're taking mm-hmm. their anger out on. Mm-hmm. That's important, too. So what has happened to this particular group? that You, you ban the Pizzagate conspiracy people, then the group about the banning still exists. So the Donald, mm-hmm. the Donald Trump community still right. exists. Right. The, it's called the Donald. The Donald. Okay. The troublemaker users, the, the worst offenders 
uh, in the Donald. In, that, in the Donald. Most right. of them have been taken care of. Mm-hmm. We'll see a lot of the dust is still settling. Mm-hmm. That was an active effort through just last week. Right. But some of the heat seems to have come out of that whole situation. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, and the who, still actively. who pulls, who determines who gets thrown off the Donald? So primarily it's our trust and safety team. Mm-hmm. So there are three teams at Reddit that live in this world. We've mm-hmm. got the community team, which is the... That's basically the human face of Reddit. Mm-hmm. So they, they're the ones who actually do the talking to the moderators mm-hmm. in the community. There's a trust and safety team, which is basically tasked with policy enforcement. Right. And so they have the matrices of they do this, we do this. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the anti-evil team, which is the engineering. Anti-evil team. Anti-evil <laughs> is the engineering group that facilitates both of them. Both of them to let it happen, to allow that. Okay. So they build a scalable tool. So we're gonna, we're gonna, when we get back, we're going to talk more about Reddit in general and, and this, these issues, because they're very important issues now, and you can see them occurring in the election. But do you feel like you've lost a major amount of trust among the people who use Reddit? Or is it just a noisy cabal of people who want to constantly disrupt things? I think it's mostly noise. Mm-hmm. You know, on the site itself, the tone is fine mm-hmm. overall, but I know we lost some and we have to earn that back and that does mm-hmm. take time. And how do you earn that back? Time. I think the only way you can build trust in, in any context is it just takes time. Mm-hmm. So, and saying you're sorry over yes. and over and you don't well, have to do it That doesn't again. hurt too. <laughs> doesn't have to do it. All right. We're talking now with Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit, about a lot of issues that are important these days in the election and on the site itself. This show is brought to you by SoFi, and today I'm talking to Andrew Dietrich, a member of SoFi's Entrepreneur Program. SoFi is a new kind of finance company pairing great service with low rates. The Entrepreneur Program is just one of its awesome member benefits, providing entrepreneurs with an opportunity to pause their student loans while they launch their businesses. Andrew, what does final mean? Final is the last credit card you'll ever need, because instead of one single number that's attached to all your payments, we give you multiple numbers that you can establish, and if you lose your physical card or something happens to one of your relationships, the rest are entirely unaffected. I see. Interesting. So So what were the biggest obstacles in starting your company? So as a founding team, we came entirely outside of payments. Right. So So you didn't know anything about it. Nothing. So ignorance is your problem. (laughs) Ignorance, but it was also our strength. Everyone said if we knew how hard it would be, we wouldn't do it in the first place. Yeah, that's typical for a startup. So how did your student loans affect your decisions as an entrepreneur? You had some student loans, correct? Yeah. I mean, just from a base level, it's a payment you have to worry about every month. Right. So Did you have a, a lot of them? Uh, yes. I went to business school. Oh, so dear. So very non-traditional wow. path to start a company straight out of business school and, you know, had to use my savings. Thankfully, with SoFi, it was nice because it was a large monthly payment of debt I was able to put into forbearance for a year as I got my startup going. Learn more about SoFi and student loan refinancing at SoFi.com. That's S-O-F-I dot com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com slash legal. I'm here with Steve Huffman, the CEO and one of the co-founders of Reddit, the online community, which often is in controversy, it seems like. Can you talk a little bit about why you came back? You had been there. You Mm -hmm. You had started it with Alexis and others. Is that right? It was just Alexis and I initially, yeah, yeah. and then we... This was way back in 2000. 2005. Mm-hmm. And then we were joined after about five months by Aaron Swartz mm-hmm. and Chris Lowe. Okay, so you're, what was the impetus? So just give people who don't know who you yeah, are. Yeah, so we actually applied to Y Combinator in the spring of 2005. It was mm-hmm. the first class of YC. Ah, okay. And we applied with a completely different idea, mm-hmm. uh, ordering food from your cell phone. Mm-hmm. But this was in 2005, so iPhones didn't exist. Right. Restaurants didn't have internet okay, access. Okay, so, so good job. Nice. A variety of reasons why that idea okay. was legitimately ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah, legitimately. <laughs> but Paul and Jessica and the other YC partners really liked Alexis and I. Uh-huh. And so they invited us back to basically brainstorm something else we could work on. Okay. And so out of that conversation came what would turn into Reddit. Yeah. And why did you call it Reddit? Well... You know, it's funny to say this now, but mm-hmm. back in 2005, domain names were also hard to come yes, by. Yes, they were. And so it was an, it was an idea Alexis had. I hated it. Uh-huh. I hated it. Uh, <laughs> the name we wanted was Snoo. Snoo. Like, okay. As in, like, what's new? Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, and S-N-O-O. S-N-O-O or S-N-E-W. Okay, all right. We weren't going to be too What's new, yeah. Okay. But Reddit was available in the present spelling. And I remember actually very early on having an argument about this where I said, like, the only thing that matters is mm-hmm. if somebody can spell the domain name after hearing it. I see. Okay, So good. it doesn't really matter what the name is. Right. And nobody's going to be able to spell this. Right. And I was like, I bet if you go outside right now, we were at dinner, and ask 10 people to spell Reddit, uh-huh. you're going to get zero right. out of 10 people. Mm-hmm. The first person he asked was this woman who barely spoke any English, mm-hmm. and she nailed it. Ah. <laughs> and so it's just like, mic drop. 
I guess right. we're doing it. Yeah. So Although, it was Reddit that I read it. Reddit, as, as in I read it on Reddit. Right. I got it. Okay. And then you had your little person, your little logo yeah. and stuff. And we call the logo Snoo. Snoo. Okay, good. Okay. As so happens. what happened to Snoo? Did you ever buy that URL? Um, no. So for, it was just a landing page, though. It right. used to just say what's new, and there was nothing right. there. Right. Um, I don't know what's happened to it. I haven't ah, looked into it in a long time. So you work, were working on it for many years, and then you left. Yes. So, well, And sold to Condé Nast. And yeah, so, yeah, more precisely, we worked on it for about 16 months and sold mm-hmm. very early. Mm-hmm. And then I worked on it for another three years within Condé. Mm-hmm. Uh, during that time, Reddit grew quite a bit. Yeah. But I left because I, I felt like I wasn't learning anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Reddit was the only thing I'd ever really done or known. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have anybody to look up to at work. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do a, another startup, one that was involved in the exchange of money. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to contrive business models. Right, right. And unfortunately, we started a travel company, in like, which is basically the most, like travel is the most hostile space possible mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. a company. But that was a good experience for me. Right. Uh, learning how to run and grow a company in a very cutthroat space. Mm-hmm required us to learn a lot of really important lessons mm-hmm. that have been very beneficial. Such as? What's your biggest lesson? Well, just how to plan, mm-hmm. right? How to operate with discipline. Mm-hmm. At Reddit, those first five years, it was largely just shoot from the hip, mm-hmm. which I think is okay in the early days of a startup when you're just following your intuition. Mm-hmm. But eventually, your intuition only takes you so far. Your users no longer you know, are you. That You start to have a broader user base, and you can't intuitively you know, guess what they want. So at Hitmonk, we've got very good at kind of the product process, you know, a hypothesis, well, a problem, a hypothesis, design it, build it, test it, you know, right. do a debrief. That was very good. Right. Um, and because remember, when we started Reddit, we were just 22. Right. And when you, you were saying you were an internet troll when you were younger, how, how did that manifest itself? Um, I would, okay, first we just get our, our definitions okay. in sync here. I think trolling, similar to the word... You're just an asshole, okay. Th- 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 hey, now, hacker can be misused as well. Okay. And so I would say trolling from the, on the deliberately obstinate end of the spectrum. Okay. Which right. is like probably being a little annoying. Yeah, like, yeah, what? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> so what did you do? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of sarcasm. It was mostly through video games back in the day. I see. Um, you know, and, and of course on Reddit, we would we would inject spelling errors into people's posts sometimes mm-hmm, just to mm-hmm. be kind of annoying. Yeah, okay. So you, but you were just pranking really, Pretty essentially, much. but it wasn't bullying, correct? No, no, no. no. Like we, we liked having a laugh right, right with one another. Right, That's okay. all it was. In a group of people. And they could do. I think mostly amongst friends. Right, okay. I, I, trolling, I think it's, it's, it's a new word for something people have been doing for hundreds of years, which mm-hmm. is giving your friends shit. Yeah, okay, but it's become much darker. It has. Yeah. It has. Um, when you're talking about things like bullying and mm-hmm. harassment. Harassment. Which so so you came back, Alexis was running it, and then it went to Condé. What, was that a different experience inside a, a big media organization? And why did you sell? So I'll, I'll talk about the first part first. Okay. We sold because it seemed like we were getting away with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four of us who were at Reddit at the time, me, Alexis, Aaron, Chris, were dysfunctional for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. Um, Alexis's mother was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wasn't present. When he was present physically and mentally, he wasn't all there, which, of course, we understood. Uh, Aaron had basically lost interest in Reddit. Mm-hmm. And Chris, who was great, was finishing his PhD. So he'd worked during the day, and we only had him at nights. Right. And we had no vision for the company because we started it through basically, like, like I said, a brainstorming session. And we said yes because I wanted to work with you know, Paul on YC. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we were going to make money for this thing that we felt like we didn't have any business doing in the first place seemed like, pretty incredible. Right. So we're like, let's just do this. And then working in Condé was... So was they a came new... to you. So like, let's turn to a dumb media company, Tobias. They came to us. Yeah. Um, this is fellow uh, Karosh. Mm-hmm. Karosh's dream job, Karosh Karam Karni, his, his dream job was to actually be the GM for Wired.com. Okay. And Condé didn't own... They owned Wired Magazine, but they didn't own Wired.com. Okay. So he went to Condé at one point and was like, hey, give me some money and I'll go buy Wired.com for you. So that's how he ended up at Condé. And then he bought Reddit and Ars Technica as well mm-hmm. and built the kind of the, the digital media part of Condé. And so that's what brought us there. And I learned a lot during that experience. But Condé, you know, Reddit, four people, and Condé, I don't know, thousands or whatever, mm-hmm. couldn't be more different. Right. No, I and, wouldn't think so. But we were also in the Wired office, so it wasn't like... It wasn't like you were with Vogue magazine. It wasn't New York City Condé. Yeah, you were it was, with Anna Winter it was, it was, having they, lunch. They, they kept the nerds on the West Coast. Right. And so... I learned a lot just how to work in an office, mm-hmm. how to hire people. You know, 
I didn't quite learn how to navigate the corporate bureaucracy, mm-hmm. which I, if I had, I might not have left. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that was the missing skill at the, the time. What was the big problem with that? Hiring was slow. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd find these candidates, we'd, we'd interview them, we'd, we'd get them a good offer. Or... Yep. And then I couldn't get them through HR. I just didn't know, like, how do I get somebody to sign this piece of paper so this engineer can start? Right. Um, a simple problem in hindsight, but was a total pain in the aspect then. Right, yeah. right. And so you moved on. So, yeah, so we left. Our contracts expired. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of fizzled out, the relationship. And then I was gone for five years doing Hitmonk. Right. And had you, did you have ties to Reddit still or not? Uh, yeah, so when I left, it was six people right. that I knew they were amongst my closest friends. So, yeah, very much so. But, I mean, involvement. You didn't have involvement. You just were doing Hitmonk. Uh, informal for maybe six months or so. You know, I'd help with a bug fix here or there or remove spam here or there or, or offer them engineering guidance. But then, so I left in end of 2009. Summer of 2010 is when we started Hitmonk. Right. And that's actually when Chris and David, two of the early Reddit engineers, came over to Hitmonk with me. Right, right. And so we did that together for the next right, five years. So you years. really weren't really involved in it. And it was being run by various CEOs. Yeah. So Chris took over after I left. And then, and then he came with me to Hitmonk. And then uh, Eric Martin took over for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Yishan yep. uh, joined. Yeah. And then Reddit spun out to become an independent company again. Right. Um, and then Yishan left. Well, independent, sort of. Independent, sort of. Independent to the extent that the company had stock to issue to employees. Right. Which in this town is, is, is the important, important part, right? Because there's some upside potential. And then Yishan left in 2014. Under controversy, if I yes, recall. Yes. For lack of a... The easiest way to describe it would be, I think, a midlife crisis. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. And then Ellen took over. Right. Um, and and she, how did... Were you part of bringing Ellen in? Briefly. Um, Ellen was there. She was the right. COO. Oh, that's right. She was the COO. Yeah. And so... At that point, I had almost nothing to do with Reddit. Mm-hmm. So I'd been watching it from the sidelines, you know, crisis after crisis, basically mostly as a user, right. thinking like, what is going on? Right. So it was a lot of crisis over what to ban and what not to ban. And it was truth. tough. Well, Reddit was facing these difficult decisions that they had never faced before. And so it was in real time having us think through what's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so Reddit grew up during an innocent time where we let everything go. But there wasn't a lot of bad things to let go. Right. So for us, like it felt like Reddit's edgy because we have the, you know, we have swear words on the front page. Mm-hmm. But we weren't fighting with racism. Mm-hmm. And so when those sorts of topics started coming up, Reddit was already entrenched in the just let it go. And now it's all of a sudden. Do you think the group that founded it was too libertarian to live and let live? Let's not censor anything. Well, the group. It feels very Peter Pan, 12 year old boy. That's um, why. I don't know if I'd go that far. It felt like we just want something authentic. Right. You know, we, I, I know Alexis and I felt like at the time, nobody's like, it's, it's hard to relate to the mainstream media news. It seems like politicians are always lying to us. And it seems like every news outlet has an agenda because that's kind of the rise of cable news really sure. too at yeah. the time. And so we just wanted something real. Right. And real meant for us not removing content. Like letting things critical of us live on the front page and, and letting kind of edgier, more out there stuff survive because that, that added to the, the authenticity of everything. Right. So you're trying to let your freak flag fly, but it moved very quickly into ugliness. Uh, I wouldn't say very quickly, but it did get there. Yeah. Right. We're talking over the course of probably seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And so in 2014, 2015, these things started to really become prevalent. So it's more of a cesspool than anything else. Again, we're talking about a very small minority it of users. still makes it. Look at Twitter. Twitter has the same issue. Right. Well, this is the challenge, right? right? You and, and this is what we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. A small number of toxic users can ruin it for everybody else. Absolutely. 100%. And, um, and they're very determined. Mm-hmm. And they know how you operate. And they know how you think. And, and they're really good at going around your rules and, and pushing your buttons. And so... Those were the things that Reddit had to deal with. Right. And it was challenging for you, Sean. It was challenging for Ellen. And it's been challenging for me as well. Mm-hmm. I think each of us has made progress towards that end, mm-hmm. but we're still, we're still working. So Yishan left and Ellen left. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like she got attacked very badly. There were other issues around that departure. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really got attacked badly by the community. Yeah, I didn't like seeing that. Did um, you guys do enough to defend her? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, someone who has history in Silicon Valley who had just gone off the, the trial... I think Reddit, from a technology point of view, could have done more. Mm-hmm. Because when I returned, that was the context in which I returned. I just watched this, mm-hmm. and I was disgusted with it. I was very, very frustrated. And so that's why we built out the trust and safety team. That's why we put the new content policy in place. That's why we started making technology changes to limit the damage that a few users can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you know, things, like things were bad last week, 
but they weren't as bad as they would have been a year ago sure. or two years ago. So Ellen got the brunt of that. She did, unfortunately, and I, and, I, and I feel terrible about it. And I have a lot of empathy for what she was going through mm-hmm. because it's not fun, mm-hmm. no matter how thick your skin is. And so taking some of the, the surface area away where people are, are, are attacking, that's been an important effort of ours. So you come back. Why did you decide to come back? I thought there was a very real possibility of Reddit dying. Mm-hmm. I thought Reddit provides... A plays a wonderful role in many millions of people's lives, from the the shallow, just funny pictures of animals and entertainment. You know, we can we're, we can guarantee a few laughs every day, to really thoughtful relationship advice or talking people out of depression or financial debt. Um, Reddit plays an important role in people's lives, and we make people's lives better. And I thought it would be a shame if Reddit didn't live up to its potential, mm-hmm. or even worse, died. And, and who approached you to do this? Specifically, it was either Bob or Sam on our board. Mm-hmm. Bob Sauerberg, the CEO of Conde, or Sam, who led the oh, last right. investment. Yes. I don't remember. We had a number of conversations back and forth over, over mm-hmm. a while. Because I didn't want to leave Hitmonk. Right. Um, I felt like, yes, I can probably help Reddit, but I've made all of these promises to folks at Hitmonk, and we need to see this through. And so that, at the time, was a very, very difficult decision. Um, I felt like I was letting uh, Hitmonk employees down. Mm-hmm. And that was... And why did you think it was going to die? At the time, the community was an open revolt. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd seen this before. Issues around moderators, issues around everything. The site was basically shut down Mm -hmm. for a couple days over uh, July 4th weekend. And, you know, just a couple of years ago, the front runner in the space, Dig, Mm -hmm. um, had basically committed suicide. Yeah. And all of their users came to Reddit. Really, it was one of the only days where Reddit has had like this kind of massive jump in traffic was the day Dig died. And... Why committed suicide? Well, they released a new version of their product that yes. basically did away with user submission. Yeah, so I remember. like, bad move. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't roll it back. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know all of the technology things I that went in play there, but that was it. the yeah. gist of it. And so it was, it was a little bit different, but basically they were very, the company had be, fallen out of sync with their community. And so when I looked at Reddit, that's what I felt like was happening. Yeah, because these communities can die very quickly. They can. Well, it had. Mm-hmm. And it had to my benefit um, mm-hmm. when, when it happened to dig. And like I said, Reddit has an important role to play in the world, and I want to get us there. So then you came back. So then I came back. Do you regret it? I don't regret it. There were moments last week where I was like, you know, I could live a calmer, simpler life. <laughs> <laughs> I spent, you know, my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and I spent the evening by myself in Santa Cruz because I just wanted to, like, yeah. just wanted a little peace. And so I was walking around the beach looking at all these people thinking, you all look really happy. <laughs> I could have this life tomorrow if I uh-huh. wanted but then I also think I have so much purpose in my life right now, mm-hmm. and that is, is very addictive. And it's when I left Reddit, I felt very empty mm-hmm. uh, until we started Hitmonk. I just got kind of sad and depressed. And sure. so I love working, but I do every once in a while wonder, like, why am I doing this to myself? That's a very good point. When we get back, we'll talk about that and more. We're talking with Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit and one of its founders. Uh, he has recently, about a year ago, become the CEO, and he recently got into a little controversy over editing certain posts. When we get back, we're going to talk about the rise of fake news, the changes at Reddit, and also where social media is going. This show is brought to you by Pearl Auto, which believes the latest automotive technology should be available to every driver, whether it's time for you to buy a new car or not. Their advanced backup camera rear vision gives you added confidence behind the wheel. Road tripping with friends, zipping around town, dropping off kids, or even commuting is far more enjoyable and less stressful. The wireless solar-powered camera frame attaches securely around your license plates and installs in minutes. Pearl Auto sent me one of their cameras, and I thought it was very easy to install, and I like being able not to run over my cat when I leave my house. It's kind of nice. Two HD cameras on the frame sense objects in your path and stream what's behind and around your car to your phone. If there's a problem, Rear Vision will sound an audio alert. For $50 off your Rear Vision, visit pearlauto.com recode, and it will be applied at checkout. That's pearlauto.com recode to save $50 on the car technology of the future. Casper made a perfect mattress and sells it directly to consumers to save you money. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Shipping to both the U.S. and Canada is completely free, and there's a 100-day risk-free trial and return policy. If you don't love your Casper mattress, they'll pick it up and refund everything. These mattresses are made in America. 
Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash recode and using the promo code recode. Stop paying the mattress industry's inflated prices. Go to casper.com slash R-E-C-O-D-E and use the promo code RECODE. Terms and conditions apply. We're here with Steve Huffman, the CEO of Reddit and one of its co-founders. We're talking about a lot of issues around Reddit and some recent controversy he was involved in. But let's talk a little bit broader about what's happening at Reddit. You were talking about communities dying quickly. Um, it seems like social media has never been more relevant to people. And yet mm-hmm. so many of them are in distress. Twitter is in distress. You just underwent a controversy. There's issues around Facebook and fake news. Something feels out of control at this point with social media. Maybe I'm overstating that. I, I don't know if I would say out of control, but social media is new in humanity and, and as a mechanism of communicating. And so I do think what we see over the, let's, let's give it the last 10, 15 years, it seems like every year there's a new dimension to it. Mm-hmm. This year was probably the election. Right. And the influence of social media over the election. Or, or maybe on the other side of it, just the visibility into the election mm-hmm. uh, via social media. And so we're solving new challenges. So explain those challenges from a Reddit okay. point of view and from a social media, because it seems so, uglier. Well, for example. More full of lies, more difficult. If you wanted to say something nasty to me 10 years ago, you would have to find my phone number mm-hmm. or my address or maybe my email address. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't just do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know somebody's Twitter username or you know their Reddit username or their Facebook name or their name, you can get access to them. And so there's this... I think it's overwhelmingly positive when people can communicate without barriers, but the trade-off is you're communicating without barriers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those barriers are insulating. And so for better or for worse, that's what we see now is a new mechanism of communication. And I think it is overwhelmingly positive, right? There's no longer, when we're talking about news and communication, there's no longer a few gatekeepers. Right. Um, You can see and hear and listen to whatever you, or read whatever you want. Although sometimes those gatekeepers are pretty good at what they did. It's it's very fair point, mm-hmm. and but there, there are trade-offs here. So now people have access to all of this information um, and all of these viewpoints, and you know of course the trade-off is that you're not forced to hear something you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get this echo chamber mentality as well. Right. And so where do, where are we? Talk a little bit about the election, and and I do want to hear about the tools that you're looking at and, and har- what you think of harassment on. And you're led by a president-elect who harasses people online, who retweets falsehoods, who makes up falsehoods, who's very aggressive and cruel. It, it sets a tone. This is on Twitter. Um, his preferred. I don't think he's on Reddit at this point, is he? I don't even know how, you know how to use he's it. Dropped in once or twice. Yeah, but right. He prefers Twitter. That's yeah. fine with us. Yeah. Okay. Good. So um, use Donald Trump as the phenomena. There, there are people yeah. who are now using it. People feel that he used it to his benefit to become president. He certainly used it to his benefit. I the the frustration I think when I watched the election was the kind of mismatch of engagement. Meaning, you had Trump who was. I, I believe he would have won without all of the bigotry, without okay. the nastiness. Mm-hmm. But you had one candidate who was super engaged, you know, on Twitter constantly and genuinely engaged. Genuinely engaged, mm-hmm. and for better or for worse, showing who he really was. Mm-hmm. And my suspicion is that people are more gravitated to the authenticity than the actual substance. I see. Um, so he had a message, even if it was an appalling message. Well, he had flaws, right? And and flaws make you human. And when we're talking about the electorate that just wants to be heard by another human, mm-hmm. I think that's part of the, the thing that resonated very much with them. And so, because you'd hear this, right? Oh, he's not actually racist. He's just saying that to get attention. Mm-hmm. And that mentality was prevalent. Right. Because people just want to be led by somebody they believe is real. Mm-hmm. And social media allows you to do that. Right. right? It allows you to build genuine. a connection with somebody, mm-hmm. positive or negative, that's real. Well, does it require being an asshole or being more funny or, you know, something, it, uh, you know, a, doesn't. a cartoonish it, version of yourself? No. It requires, I think, some vulnerability and some accessibility, but you don't have to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I, I very firmly believe that. And I think Bernie Sanders was a great example of this, where he had, and I'm talking about Reddit specifically, he had more engagement on Reddit than Trump did mm-hmm. before he was out of the race. Sure. And I think that's very important to mention because Bernie wasn't running that sort of negative campaign, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but was very good at relating to people and connecting with people um, on that level. And I think any modern election is going to need to involve that sort of connection. Right, right. Unless people begin to game it to figure out what works well and is not, it seems genuine, but isn't, because that's where well, I see that going. Well, that's politics. Yeah, you're right. right? That, They'll figure it out. You're probably right. Yeah. And that's where it's funny where, okay, now if you're just to play hypotheticals, mm-hmm. 
Trump Trump exposed some pretty deep flaws in the election. Mm-hmm. Would somebody do that on purpose, like like invent deep flaws to mm-hmm. seem more real? Is this mm-hmm. going to become like a race to the bottom of who's the most flawed candidate? All right, right. I hope not. It feels like it. It's, it's not far-fetched. So let's talk about that idea. So you, you have Twitter, which to me has facilitated this and has done very little around tools to stop the harassment. Or in general, uh, the top lies, harassment, or, or the distribution of lies. And you have an electorate or a group of people using these online where facts don't matter. I mean, it's a post-fact society, the idea that, you know, I was at a, an event and, uh, and I said this was a lie. And the person said, prove it. And I said, here's the actual factual things. I don't believe it. Th- mm-hmm. Then what do you do? I'm like, but it's the actual facts. I don't believe it. It's your opinion. And I was like, wow, that's really impossible to do anything after that. I know. And it's not it's not a new feeling. Mm-hmm. I hope we're at the climax mm-hmm. and not still on the way up. But I remember this even when I was, you know, much younger in college, mm-hmm. thinking like it was kind of in, in my mind, I associated it with um, Fox News, mm-hmm. the rise of anti-intellectualism. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, doesn't anybody care about the truth? Mm-hmm. And it's it's been this ongoing thought in my head for 15 years. Yes, they do not. Of, just so you know, it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And it's easier than ever now to to hear what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's a problem. So let's talk that into context of Reddit, because I mean, I always feel that uh, there's an expression that intelligence has its limitations, but stupidity is infinite. Um, <laughs> some parts of Reddit feel that way. Like there's a lot of like it goes on, and some parts feel really intelligent. Like it's well, a really interesting situation. Yeah, Reddit like, wading it, through it is yeah. hard. Reddit is a reflection of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, it is very raw, and that's what you see. So, so I assume you want the more intelligent stuff to come out. Whatever topic is on, like, kombucha, or it's on, you know, tennis, or whatever it is, whatever the topic, it could be any topic, I would assume you want the intelligent stuff. And I don't mean the elite stuff. I mean stuff that's actually meaningful. Yeah, interesting. Out. And overwhelmingly on Reddit, that's what you see. But when you get close to politics, mm-hmm. that's when things get all haywire. Mm-hmm. In the real world and on Reddit. And that's where... Emotions run high. People just want to win. They stop forgetting why they're having the conversation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, that us versus them mentality, I think, is tearing the country apart. Mm-hmm. And we're more polarized and divided than ever. So what do you do on Reddit? What, do you, what have you banned? Give me examples sure. of things so, you've banned. So we have banned so things that conflict with our content policy outright. So things that are illegal. Mm-hmm. Like here, buy some drugs. Yes, here, buy some drugs. What we call involuntary sexualization mm-hmm. of adults or minors. Such as? Like... Here's a picture of my girlfriend, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Doxing, personal information, mm-hmm. any time where we feel like we don't want something in the online world to leak into the real world and have a real effect on Such as what somebody. happened with Pizzagate, the address. Exactly, the, exactly. Yeah. That's why we banned that. And then harassment. Now, harassment's tricky. Yeah. Because sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't ha- always happen in front of us, and sometimes it's more subtle. And so there's not a, there's not a crystal clear line of what behavior is acceptable and not. So, but it's, it's something we've been working quite a bit at. So I'll tell you the things that have worked for us. Basic reporting and blocking actually goes a long way if you look at the data because there's a small subset of users that can cause an outsized amount of damage. Mm -hmm. And so identifying those users and either banning them or putting them in a box or somehow taking away their vectors of attack is actually pretty effective. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very similar to spam in that regard. So if they're reported several times, you're saying... Yes. Um, so we look at all of those. And mm-hmm. so really we start talking about technology problems for doing that at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it starts. That's where, that's where the it difficulty gets tricky. is. Yeah. Um, difficult but not impossible. And so we will keep, we will continue to invest, to invest in both the human side, which is setting the community norms and banning users, and the automated side, which is identifying outlier behaviors and keeping them off the site. Okay. But harassment's determined by those human beings. And one thing that was, you know, there was a controversy at Facebook, which got rid of its human news people because they got a lot of pressure from conservatives. Yeah. You know, what I, did I, you think about that? I can see both sides. You know, we try very carefully to not be in a position where we're playing kingmaker. Mm-hmm. I don't want to choose the news, as it were. But, and, and I don't know all of the details of, of the Facebook situation. But I kind of heard it from a, a headline level. Mm-hmm. And I have some empathy for what they're dealing with, because I do think uh, we've often wrestled with this notion of uh, let anything go, but wouldn't it be better if we editorialized it a little bit? Mm-hmm. So we've been looking for ways, can we autom- automate the editorialization? Well, then people say you couldn't do false negatives. They, they start to go to it. What's interesting is I made a joke on Twitter where I said, you know, Silicon Valley people always tell you how smart they are till there's a real problem, and then they're like, oh, it's a really hard problem. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fair they, criticism. They hung the moon until they can't hang the moon uh, kind of thing. I, I, I see that attitude all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give you a different shade of it. Also very common. A startup grows and grows and grows, 
and everybody thinks they're hot shit and they're responsible for the growth, and then the growth stops. And I think the best companies get through that. They have to get disciplined to get through it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies die at that point because yeah. they spent you know two years, whatever, thinking they're super smart, and then it turns out it's really they hard. actually don't know how to run their business. Right. And I've seen a lot of friends go through that, and I've gone through that myself. Mm-hmm. I think you want to have a increasing humility, I think, is, a, is a, an important Absolutely. Quality. But when I hear it's so hard from Facebook, I want to well, slap them silly. Because, like, guess what? You have a lot of money. you got a lot of smarts. you got to figure this out. Ta- how hard is it from a technological point of view to do this? Because that's their argument, that this is much harder than the other things they do, which seem in a similar vein, uh, pedophiles, uh, different things that they do manage. Through advertising, they manage to well, technologically okay. solve these problems. Let me talk about it. Just but you're from, a technologist. From, how hard is it? Well, let me talk about it from the Reddit point of view, because right. that's the problem right. I understand better. It really depends. Do we want, are we going after conservative news? Right, that's very hard. Right. Are we going after fake news? There are some parts of that are easy, right? Look at the strong signals. This domain, this is a domain owned by a Russian company that only became popular in July and all of a sudden has a ton of traffic. Mm-hmm. Right, you've got that. But then you've got like, you know, Rolling Stone just lost a lawsuit yeah. for publishing fake news. Right. Right, so it's, it's. One story. Yes, but my point is. All of them, pretty my much. My point is, there's a gray area in between where. Oh, gray, that's your favorite word in Silicon Valley, but they, go ahead. They go may ahead. have the best of intentions, mm-hmm. but they screw up. Or it's politically tainted, or there's there's an agenda, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not factually untrue. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you start getting into that area, I, I think right. it's but a I little think tricky. for years media companies have been able to do this. There's been able to be Fox News and there's been able to be the Wall Street Journal and there's been able to be Mother Jones. So media companies take the responsibility of their jobs. I think Rolling Stone has a record of being accurate except one story. Does that taint all the other stories? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, it, definitely not. It taints them for Absolutely. Know, some amount they of time. They did a bad job on this particular story. And, and as we mentioned in the first segment, they'll earn people's trust back over right. time. But you all know the difference between Rolling Stone and something from Macedonia. I know you do. We definitely do. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Those are the clear examples. Mm-hmm. When you start getting into the, into the in-between, it gets a little trickier. So for us, first of all, on, on Reddit, it's less of a – when we're talking about fake news specifically, it's less of a problem for us because it's more of a um, – there's less echo chamber behavior because sure. we do have these kind of shared spaces. Mm-hmm. So we do see the news get submitted. It doesn't engage nearly as well as the real stuff. I see. Interesting. It does on Facebook, though, which is interesting. Well, because Facebook, for better or for worse, they have the echo chamber problem, mm-hmm. which is you choose your friends. Right. And because of that, you see the viewpoint of your friends, and things can amplify in that Absolutely. In that, in interesting. That so where do you, we're going to finish up talking about where you think this is going. Is it the worst time for social media, or is it just a typical moment in the road? Because where people, you know, I'm thinking of Snapchat, which actually is a nicer place to be because they pick the publishers. And, you know, even if they made one error, mm-hmm. they select them. And so they act like a media company. I mean, are you a, you're a media company or you're a technology company? Because what, me, what technology companies like to do is say, oh, we're just a platform. It's a little like, I don't want to compare it to guns, but it's like, oh, we just make the tools. We don't know. We can't be responsible. When, in fact, they do have a responsibility. I think they do, and a lot of people do. What I told the company last week is because we have an opportunity to make a difference, we have the responsibility to attempt to do so. So while I do think of us as more of a technology company than a media company. A platform. We are a platform, but we are not without responsibility. Does it mean that I want to be editorializing the news and choosing what's important and, and pushing my political viewpoints on people? No. But we want people to come to Reddit and be informed, have fun, feel safe, feel welcome, bring mm-hmm. their friends in. Right? That's both good for the world and good for business. Mm-hmm. And so when things are at odds with that, which we've seen, you know, we, we, we think of how do we take action. Action doesn't always mean banning, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, back in 2006... The first community we made on Reddit, it was either first or second, I forget, was politics. And Reddit had no communities back then, and election rhetoric started heating up. And I would come to Reddit, and I'd put myself in the shoes of a new user, and I would just think, gosh, this stuff is so angry. Mm-hmm. Like, on both sides, there's so right. much anger. I don't want to, it's making me angry. Mm-hmm. And that's not the yes, feeling definitely. I want users to have. Right. And so we made politics, and we said, put that shit over there. <laughs> if you want to be angry about Let's it. hide it. You, you, yeah. You're good at hiding stuff. Um, so, but people want that. Some yeah. people want the anger and they want to get riled up and they want to have that argument. You've put some things in places that are hard to find, right? Some well, of the more controversial communities. That strategy works well. Mm-hmm. It works well because you're not turning them into free speech martyrs. You're, mm-hmm. not, you're not having that conversation. You're saying, hey, quit yelling in our nice shared space. Mm-hmm. Go yell over there. Mm-hmm. So it's a general strategy that does work well for us. So this last year has been an interesting one. You know, we've seen some different shades to it. And you know, we'll, we'll keep tackling it. I, I don't think there's any overnight silver bullet solutions, mm-hmm. but 
I believe very, very strongly that we will continue to improve. And you can make money from this, doing this. The business will do just fine, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you keep it not clean. I'm not saying clean, but keep it not of course. ugly. I well, guess. if you can target content, you can target an ad. Mm-hmm. So lastly, where does it go from here? What happens to it? It just makes money from advertising? Makes uh, Advertising is our business model of choice. Mm-hmm. There's probably more creative stuff down the road, but that's not where we're spending our brain power right mm-hmm. now. Um, for us, we really think about growth, bringing in more users. And so growth for us means making Reddit uh, fast, beautiful, relevant. Is um, there anyone like it right now? I can't think of one. Dig I've often gone. wondered this. Dig's still, Dig is still around, isn't Dig it? Dig is technically around, but mm-hmm. it's totally different. There's Quora. There's all kinds of different forms. Uh, there, there are lots of there are companies Versions. that are like a subset of Reddit. Sure. But this, the kind of massive community. interest group for everything, plus this like nebulous global community connection, mm-hmm. I've not seen elsewhere. Not yeah. in a long time. Yeah. Um, Usenet back yep. in the day was kind of like this. Yeah. And so there's this. I don't want to say anachronistic, but the drivers of internet growth in the early days are a lot. Of, you get that feeling on Reddit a lot. Right, right, absolutely. All right, Steve, this is really helpful. Right, so you're going to stay there now after you got spanked? Despite despite <laughs> my fuck-up of last week. You can say I'm sorry one more time if you want. Uh, I am very sorry. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, this is my dream job. And I just want, I want everybody in the world to know the joy of Reddit and mm-hmm. the fun of Reddit. And we're going to keep chasing that until we get there. You still could be happier walking along the borders. Rock with Santa Cruz. and <laughs> You know, but then I think of absolute happiness. If I could look back in 20 years and say, yeah. like, we were a part of that. I don't know if you've, you've created a pot delivery service. I think you'd be very happy. I don't know. You know, there's <laughs> there are many paths to happiness, and this okay. is the one that I'm on. All right. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. Thanks uh, for coming pleasure. by. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with former Google exec Vic Gondotra, America's first chief data scientist, DJ Patel, and actor-turned-investor Ashton Kutcher, just to name a few. All those interviews and more are at recode.net slash decode. Now that you're done with this, why not try one of our other podcasts? Recode Media with Peter Kafka comes out every Thursday. On Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from our events like the Code Conference, Peter Kafka's Code Media, and Jason Del Rey's Code Commerce. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes this show. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. Remember to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode, but only positive, because I do edit them. No, I don't. I'll do that for you. Don't worry thanks, about thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. You can teach me the coding. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in then.